0: Hello, and welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. At GVC, our mission is simple. It's to love God, love people, and love life. This year, we want to reach further into the glory and the presence of our God and experience Him like we never have before. This year is going to be different. Can you feel it? I know you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Here we go.
1: and see that He is faithful to show up and do what He said He will do in our lives. So we're starting a brand new series today, and it's called The Facts of Life. Anybody remember The Facts of Life, the, the show? You take the good, you take the bad, and there you have it. Come on, you remember that. Yeah, the facts of life. Come on, you, you 80s kids, if you remember, that was a good show, Tootie. Anybody remember Tootie? <laughs> uh, remember Blair? Some of you ladies, you might be the Blair, are you the Blair out there? You know what I'm talking about. Anyways, uh, we're talking about the facts of life, and so this particular series, what we're going to be looking into, and starting out today, we're going to be talking about marriage, then we're going to be looking at family, and then we're going to be looking at the future as we come together as the people of God, and again, just how God wants to bless our homes and so you you might be here today and you might be saying you know I'm a single guy or maybe you're saying I don't have any uh, desire to be married or maybe my kids are out of the house or whatever the case might be and you might be be tempted to say I don't know if this series is really going to apply to me listen the thing that we're really going to be focusing on in this series is really the topic in the subject of boundaries And so, you'll find that this is applicable to every area of our lives. And so, once again, you might say, well, I'm not married, or maybe I don't have kids at home. But listen, you might have adult kids... And so it might help you in the relationship with your adult children. You might have some grandkids, so therefore it might help you in the relationship with your grandchildren. You might have a desire to one day find that significant other once again. And so you might find that this is helpful to you. So once again, we're going to look into this subject of boundaries. And today we're going to look at it from the standpoint of boundaries within the context of marriage. And how many of you know there's a difference between just simply having boundaries but godly boundaries? There are godly, godly boundaries that God desires for us to have within our lives. And whenever there are boundaries that we allow God to align within our lives, it will create stability, it will create safety, and it will create security within a home. For all of you guys out there, if you ever wanted there to be security and stability and, and, and safety within your home, just allow there to be boundaries to be established within your marriage, within your family, and you'll find that it creates an environment of safety and security. And so once again, as we begin to look at this, we can go back and we can look at the, the very first marriage, if you will, the story of Adam and Eve, and you'll know that God said that I have given you everything within this garden. He says, but, he says, there's one tree that you can't partake of. Right? So in other words, God set up a boundary for them to adhere to. And God's desire was not to set up a boundary to keep them or restrict them from enjoying something. He actually, once again, established a boundary to create security, safety, right? Within the garden, so that they could enjoy everything that God desired. And so it wasn't for for him to be a hard taskmaster. It wasn't that he was trying to say, no, there's some fun that you can't partake of. No, he established some boundaries. And in establishing the boundaries, one of the things that it does is it allowed them to make choices. How many of you know that boundaries... Are all about choices right I said boundaries are all about choices and especially within your marriage with your relationships with your family life as a whole there are decisions that you make of whether I proceed or whether I stop or whether I go right or whether I go left and whatever choice I make there is a result a reward or a repercussion as a result of those decisions And so therefore, God wants us to understand what the boundaries are, or godly boundaries, if you will, so that it creates that security and stability and safety in our lives. If you remember the story of the children of Israel, the Bible says that God set them free, sent Moses to deliver them. But as they departed from their slavery and freedom, and again, if you recall, just the the whole relationship with the children of Israel being enslaved to Egypt was a type and a shadow of who we are, the people of God, that were apart from Him and in darkness and separated from Him. And there was a delivering that was going to come through Jesus Christ. So therefore, Moses was a type and shadow of a deliverance that was coming. And again, Jesus is our deliverance. But as Moses led them into this life of promise, how many of you know all of God's promises are yes and amen for us as believers? As Moses is leading the children of Israel, God says, now, as you depart, he says, here's what I'm going to do for you. He says, now, during the heat of the day, he says, I'm going to have a cloud by day to give you covering. And at night when it's cold, he says, there's going to be a pillar of fire that will give you heat and give you protection. And he goes on to say, when it's during the day, he says, stay under the cloud. Or in other words, stay under the boundaries that I have laid out for you. And as long as you stay under the cloud or the boundaries that I've established, he says, you will find safety, you will find stability, you will find security. He said, but now, if you get too too close to the edge or get outside of those boundaries, you take yourself outside of my protection or my hand and you're subject to danger. Right? Right? And so, therefore, when it comes to this relationship with God, boundaries, once again, are always to establish safety, security, and stability within our lives. And any time we, we live our lives outside of having boundaries, we find ourselves getting into trouble, right? When it comes to a marriage, if we live outside of particular boundaries or God-given boundaries, we find ourselves getting into trouble or find uh, disaster oftentimes happening boundaries were also meant to be passed on. I said, boundaries were also meant to be passed on. Once again, if you think about the story of Adam and Eve, the Bible says, God told them, He says, this is the only boundary that I, that I give to you. Don't partake of the fruit. Now, you know the results of that story, don't you? They went ahead and they ate the fruit. But obviously they didn't get that boundaries were established for their benefit. Because if they were aware of that, they probably would have instilled it into their, into their boys a whole lot better. And you know the story of Cain and Abel, right? And because of their heart or their lack of understanding of godly boundaries, the one brother killed the other brother, Right? So obviously the boundaries have not been passed on or were not passed on as well as they could have been or should have been. Boundaries are always meant to be passed on from one generation to the next. Why? Because when I begin to walk in the the boundaries or the God-given boundaries, I find success in my life. Well, how many of you know that in order for me to pass that on, I've got to walk in it? But if my children begin to walk in it, they'll have the same results. And how many of you know that God's desire is for your children to experience far more than you ever did? That it was meant for them to have better, to live better, to experience better, to have a greater relationship with God than you ever even did because you passed it on. And not only did you just pass on what you knew, but they were able to expound on it and grow in their own personal relationship with God. And therefore, those boundaries created stability, security, and safety in their own personal lives. Tracking with me? Boundaries were meant to be passed on. But how many of you have ever noticed that the older that you get, the more rigid that you get, or the more rigid your boundaries become? Or just your own personal life? If you, if you can think of your own personal self in terms of just how you live your life, have you ever noticed that just the older you become, the more intolerant you can be? You know, you might have had a little bit more leniency or a little bit more uh, uh, <laughs> of flexibility with people. But you might find that the older you get, it's just like, I'm just tired of messing. I'm just tired of messing with all the mess, and so therefore I just don't have time for, you know, ignorant people. Anybody ever been like that? Right? You know, when you're younger, you know, you, you, you get irritated with the person after life that's taken forever. But then the older you get, it's just like, what is your problem? I mean, can you not look at your phone some other time? Can you not do what you're doing? Can you not notice that there is a light in front of you, right? Have you noticed that the older that you get, you become more rigid in the way that you live your life? Or the boundaries, this where, you know what? You just, I'm not going to even fuss with you. Because I've lived life long enough, and therefore, just not going to do it. But if you think about it once again, in regards to these boundaries that I have, that I live my life by, if I allow Jesus to become a part of my life, then God begins to set those limits and God begins to help me in those. But once again, without Jesus in my life, I'm very limited in my ability to grow. So for instance, the boundaries that we grew up with. How many of you understand that your life is is a result of those things that were laid out before you. The upbringing, the culture, the environment, the family that you had. And again, those boundaries that were passed on to you, you begin to live them out for yourself. And therefore, without Jesus, you are going to repeat those things that you have become a byproduct of. Right? And so without Jesus, the margin for my growth is very little. But God is wanting to establish God-given boundaries within our lives that will help us succeed in this life. Now, for that matter, or to, to, to expound on that example, going back to the idea of Adam and Eve. When you look at Adam and Eve, once again, there were boundaries that were established within their life, but they were also individuals that were subject to their flesh and their emotions. Right? Right? The boundaries that they were were given were given by God, but they were also subject to their emotions and their flesh. Now think about it in your own personal life. What is it that drives you to do something? It's your desires, it's your ambitions, right? When it came to Adam and Eve, they were given the boundary to say, don't partake of this fruit. But the Bible says that when they looked at the fruit, it says they saw it and it was good to eat. It was good to the eye. So in other words, there was something that was drawing them, pulling them, tempting them in their own personal lives. And it had to appeal to their natural man. Right? So if there's a boundary that has been established, what's going to cause me to step beyond that boundary? The cravings of my flesh or even the moving of my emotions, right? The Bible says that concerning them, it says uh, uh, they saw it and n- 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 came of the understanding that as they partook of the fruit, that it would make them wise. So once again, when you're thinking of, it, uh, of your own personal self, your flesh is drawing you, it's causing you to have cravings and desires to be tempted, your emotions get involved in that, right? I mean, think about it from the standpoint of uh, when you were younger. Anybody remember your young dating years? Anybody ever uh, start looking at somebody, you know, and your parent says, you know, "I, I don't like that person. Maybe it's the dad to the daughter. I don't like that guy. But dad, he's so cute. He's so good looking. Well, what is it that's causing you to be drawn? It's your flesh. It's your eye. And then that bad boy with the leather coat on. Driving the fancy car, cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And dad says, don't go out with that guy. He's bad news, but he's so good looking. And then that guy starts paying you some attention. And then the emotions start kicking in. Oh, I think he likes me. Well, see, there has been instilled boundaries, but there is a draw or a pull that starts to cause you to step beyond those boundaries. And when you step beyond those boundaries, what ends up happening? For all you guys and girls that have had those kind of relationships, how many of them ever turned out well? <laughs> Not very many of them. Right? And then after the fact, you like, yeah, I knew that right from the get-go. I remember my dad, uh, you know, we grew up in church. And so, uh, you know, a lot of the people that I hung out with was, was church kids. And there was this one guy, his name was, was Sean. And so he was a few years older than me. And, uh, uh, you know, he was just kind of like the bad boy. And, and, you know, he was just the cool kid. And so I actually started working a job with the youth pastor, the youth pastor had a construction business, well, Sean was working with him, and so I was hanging out with Sean on the construction site, we got to know each other, well, so Sean, being a couple years older, he says to me, he says, hey, man, he says, you know, what are you doing this weekend, I said, I don't know, he said, hey, man, come on, we'll go hang out, you know, just I'll come pick you up, and so I came home, you know, that week, and I said, hey, you know, mom, dad said, I'm going out with Sean this weekend, he's going to swing by and pick me up, and dad says, "Uh, no, I said, what, he said, no, I said, what do you mean no? I said, you know, Sean, you know, Sean, the guy from, from church. I said, we're going to go out and just hang out. He says, no. I said, what do you mean no? He says, I know Sean. Well, he didn't know Sean, but he knew Sean's type. You understand. And he says, no, you're not going out with Sean. I said, well, Dad, he's in the church group. He's in the youth group. Come on, he goes to church. He said, I don't care what he goes to church. I don't care. I know Sean. And you ain't going out with them. Well, man, that bummed me out. And dad says, well, no, I know Sean. I can tell you this is how Sean is. And I'm like, no. But everything that dad said was exactly how Sean was. But I tried to use all the other smoking screens to try to talk dad into it. Because, well, he's a church kid, right? But no, dad says, no, I see. I know the boundaries that I have for my family. And I know that that guy lives outside of the boundaries that I have for my household. And so you ain't going out, hanging out with that dude. You understand what I'm saying? And so once again, whether it's friendships, whether it's relationships, there are boundaries that God has established in our lives. And when you think about it, in regards to our lives, there is always going to be a pull or a drive. And once again, I'm talking about the context of marriage, but you can also apply this to every aspect of your life. Your flesh will have cravings and desires. It will have the, the tendencies uh, to step outside of boundaries through temptations. And how many of you know that the moment you step beyond boundaries or you let your flesh entice you beyond that boundary that there's coming a point in time that it's not enough. And it will always take you further. Right? I said the moment you step beyond the boundary that is established in your life or God-given boundaries... If you allow your flesh man to be enticed or tempted, there will come a point in time that it fixes or meets the need that is the craving, but then there's coming a point in time where that craving just can't be satisfied with where I've been. I've got to step out further beyond that boundary. Right? The same thing concerning your emotions. If you allow yourself to step outside of the boundaries in your emotions, there's coming a point in time where where you once were is no longer Scratching the itch. Case in point. How many of you have ever allowed yourself to get into arguments? Now, again, I don't know. I mean, you all just so righteous and holy. I know you all don't do that, right? But have you ever just gotten to an argument and there's been times where you've kept your cool and you've kept a boundary of what you said or how you're going to act, but man, just this time you just took one step up beyond the boundary. And you said some things. And it felt so good. (laughs) Come on, you know what I'm saying? I just let it rip and I let them have it and I told them exactly what I was thinking. And man, it felt good to my flesh. Well, now that I've stepped out beyond that boundary and I've let my emotions escalate, the next time that we get into the argument, because I gave myself permission to step beyond that boundary and because it felt so good the last time that I let it rip, This time, we're just taking it a step further. I'm going to just let it rip a little bit more. And the more you do that, you tear down the fabric of the stability and the security and the safety of a marriage because you stepped outside of a godly boundary to establish what you're thinking and what you're saying. You realize you're the only one that can control your thoughts. You're the only one that can control your mouth. God's not going to shut you up for you. Hello. If I come to a Presbyterian church today, y'all, y'all, y'all right? Okay. So, again, God desires for us to adhere to godly boundaries. You know, when you think about your emotions, to be cynical, to be critical, to be fearful, to be anxious, how many of you understand that those are behaviors that are learned? I said those are behaviors that are learned. Why? Because those are behaviors that are tending that, that, that have a tendency to be passed down. I remember talking to one woman not too long ago. Uh, I think it was in a, a, a well again. It was talking to a, a young lady, and, and she was talking about how she just despised her mother. She said, "My mom is just so negative, so critical. I can't do nothing right. Just so critical. I can't stand her." And then you see her interact with her husband. And I'm thinking, lady, you're just like your mama. And you're you're all mad at your mama, but you're just like her. Well, how did that happen? Because it was passed down. And unless you allow God to begin to form and shape those boundaries in your life, you will repeat history. And those boundaries in your life, again, apart from Jesus, you're limited in your ability to grow. There will be things that you see in your life that you say, I don't want to repeat history. I don't want to be like my mama. I don't want to be like my daddy. I don't want to live the life that they live." But unless you allow Jesus to begin to establish different boundaries and help you grow, you will repeat that culture with just little exception. Why? Because whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. But if you allow God to do a work, He can begin to work on the inside of you to help open up your eyes, to help you understand and how to come about having a remedy of boundaries that will establish establish you and take you further than what you want. So again, your flesh, your emotions, will always have desires and passions of themselves that will endeavor to cross the boundaries. But how many of you know that your spirit will never buck back against godly boundaries? I want you to hear that. The Bible says... In fact, let me read it over here in in Matthew chapter 26. Well, I don't have the scripture uh, uh, printed out. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, it says this. It says that the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. So the spirit of a man is always wanting to align itself with God. It's the flesh man, or it's the emotions of a man that will always buck against. And once again, just for the sake of reference... How many of you ever found it real easy to be a tither? Well, it's just not a real natural thing to say, Well, I'm supposed to do what now? God wants me to do what? Well, the flesh man says, Uh uh. The emotions of a man say, I don't think so. But the spirit of the man says, Well, hey, I just want to do whatever's pleasing to God. Are you getting the point? And so those things are always going to be the battle that we experience in life. That there's the emotion, there's the flesh flesh that are going to, to war against one another. But the spirit of a man is always willing. And there are always going to be temptations to entice you. But now let me just give you some examples. You have the ability to establish boundaries and adhere to them if you want to. In fact, for that matter, there's a time in your life, I had alluded to it before in those early years of dating, but there was a season when you were dating that significant other person where you allowed there to be some temporary boundaries. What I mean by that is, is that you put your best foot forward, you showed the best you every time you were together, right? I mean... For us guys, man, we were shaved, we were styling, we put on the good clothes, we put on the good cologne, we cleaned out the car. I mean, we wanted wanted to impress. Took them to the nice restaurant, just made sure that they laughed. Whoo! just want to make sure she laughs and thinks I'm funny, right? And so we we allow ourselves to have these temporary boundaries, but then after a while, we start to get to see the real you. And then once we're married, well, I don't have to impress you anymore. You're just going to like it or lump it. This is who I am, baby. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? So before you were smelling good, looking good, you were shaving and getting all groomed up, ready for the, the, the date night if there was a date night. And now it's just like, you know what? Date night, This it's football night. What are you talking about, date night? <laughs> I'm watching football. And then if she can get you off the couch to go on a date, it's just like, yeah, I got a shower too. <laughs> what? What do you want me to do? So you understand that there are always temporary boundaries that you will adhere to. But God, there is a God-given instinctive nature on the inside to establish boundaries for the health of your well-being. Regardless of whether you're a Christian or not, there is something on the inside of you that wants to experience the best. And as I said, when it comes to these boundaries, these are things that are passed down from generation to generation, especially when it aligns itself with godly boundaries. For instance, uh, (laughs) well, as I said, I was raised in a church home, and I think the first time that I ever brought a girl home was when I was in 10th grade. And so, you know, I didn't know no better. You know, if I had a buddy come over, we'd just go hang out in my room. So I brought uh, <laughs> a girl home. He's going to hang out in my room, you know, just watch some TV. And so mom comes in the room and she says, Tony, I don't think this is appropriate behavior to have a girl in your bedroom. I didn't say bye. We left. And I didn't bring a girl home for three more years. They're like, no, uh-uh. <laughs> but there was, there was boundaries in our home. You understand what I'm saying? And so, as I continued to get into my later years, you know, I wasn't always walking with God like I should. I mean, there was that season in my life, in my late teens and my early 20s, where it's just, you know, I wanted to serve God. I had a heart for God, but I had one foot in the world, too, if, if you don't know what I'm saying. And so, you realize that when it comes to that significant person, depending on where you're at in your life, will determine the kind of person that you might start hanging out with. And so in this particular time, when I wasn't necessarily walking with the Lord, obviously my, my environments of, of places, of things that I was doing, and the, the areas and the, the places that I was, was hanging out, those are the people that I would interact with. And so the particular girl that I first, you know, that I started dating, uh, she was not somebody that I wanted to bring home to mama. You know what I'm saying? And, and then as I started to get a little more serious... And started thinking more in the context of, of the future, then those boundaries started to bubble back up. And I'm like, I don't want to live this way. And I started to examine the lifestyle that her folks lived versus the lifestyle my folks lived. And I'm like, I don't want to live that way. They're ungodly, they don't have any kind of restraint. I don't want that. And so even though I wasn't necessarily walking with the Lord like I should have, there were God-given boundaries that I was established or that were passed on that allowed me to begin to direct my life. And thank God, I'm still waiting for the royalties from Garth Brooks for unanswered prayers. Have you ever heard that song? <laughs> That's me. It's, he got a song from me, you know. And so, boundaries established my life. And so thankfully, that just fizzled out. But, you you just continue to start dating you know, along the way. But every time that I ever dated somebody, God started to shape and mold those boundaries in my life. And even though I wasted some time, every time that I wasted time, there was a boundary that was established. Like, I don't want that. That's not what I need in my life. I know what God's called me to. I've got a call of God in my life, and I need somebody that is going to be somebody in ministry with me. And then I went to Bible college, and then I met Kelly. And I put her through the ringer. And the reason being is because I was so scared of making the wrong decision that I set these boundaries for myself. And I told her, don't get attached because we ain't doing this. She goes, what do you need?" I said, I'm going back to Michigan. You're in Oklahoma. This is not going to be a long-distance relationship. Just forget about it. And she goes, well, I know what God told me. The reason why it was so difficult or why I made it so difficult for her is because God was shaping within me boundaries that He could bring about the right person in my life. And at the moment, I wasn't able to see what God had brought me until one day He said to me, He says, what are you waiting for? Those were the words that He said. What are you waiting for? I'm like, oh, okay. I called her that night. I didn't ask her to marry me. I just said, called her on the phone. I said, hey, we're getting married. She says, okay. <laughs> A couple months later, I proposed to her at Bible college. A couple of months later, we were married. But it was when I knew that I knew that I knew. See, there was boundaries that were being established on the inside of me. That I adhered to and it began to mold and shape my life so that no longer I couldn't be pulled this way or that way because the boundaries kept me in the divine plan of God for my life and therefore when it was the right time, it was easy as could be. Amen! I'll give you another example just in regards to those boundaries when you allow God to bring the right person into your life or when God begins to shape and mold that person for you. You realize that God knows what you desire in your heart. Well, I hope God don't give me no ugly man or woman. He knows the desires of your heart. Well, I hope God don't make me settle. He ain't going to make you settle. You got to wake up next to Him, right? All right. What was I saying? Oh, you you know, you've, you've experienced that times in your life concerning those people you dated where there was just those jealous moments, right? You get possessive or you just get jealous and you just get into arguments. There has never ever been a jealous moment in my life with my wife. There's never been a moment that I've said, well, where is she at? What is she doing? I still ask those questions, what took you so long? I just know that when she's gone and it's taken her a long time, good there's good sales and <laughs> money is being spent. That's, <laughs> that's why I'm asking. Are you coming home anytime soon? Right, exactly. But there's never been a jealous moment in my life or a, a time of insecurity. And I asked the Lord that. I said, God, I said, uh, growing up, man, I just had this impression, man, you got to be possessive. You got to just, you know, you just got to keep your one eye open kind of thing. I said, how come I'm not that way? He said, because I ordained the relationship, the boundaries have been established, and when it was founded on me, there doesn't have to be jealousy. He said, is not your relationship with your wife in the marriage context like it is with me? And I said, yes. He says, I don't look at you and just ponder with jealousy. Now, he is a jealous God, but I'm saying he don't get in a fret mess thinking, well, you're not spending very much time with me. You know, it's been three weeks since you've been to church. Oh my gosh, what are you doing? No, he don't get jealous because he loves you with an unconditional love. Does it help anybody? All right. So again, there are boundaries that can be established. Boundaries can become clear. Now let me just help somebody here, because there will be lingering challenges that you might have in your marriage right now, and these lingering challenges might extend back to the times of when you were dating. You might be uh, be married for the last 15, 20, 30 years, and you're thinking, I still got some things going on uh, in the context of our marriage, and you might find that some of that is based upon way back when, when you started dating. And it's still creeping up. Now, let me give you an example because this is something that I've seen year after year after year. Over the years of ministry, oftentimes what you'll end up seeing is that there are women that start to have children and they start to say, I desire for my family and my kids to be in church because I was raised in church and that's the kind of environment that I want to raise my kids in. Right? But oftentimes when they met their husband, it was during a time where they weren't serving God. And the husband or the wife, we can go either way, the husband or the wife that they married was not a Christian man or woman. But now that you've been married for a few years, and you've now started to go to church, and you've started to walk with God... You start to experience challenges within your marriage. The reason being is because just by nature, you beginning to serve God, there are imposed boundaries placed on the significant other without them consenting to it simply because you're a child of God. Do you get what I'm saying? You're walking with God and there are these imposed boundaries that come into their life and they're like, no, I don't want to go to church. Quit asking me. No, I don't want to stop hanging out with my friends. Stop asking me. Right? Does that make sense? And therefore, because you're walking with God, and they're still living the life that they did, there becomes friction. And it's simply because back way when, there were some boundaries that were crossed, and you're experiencing the fruit or the results of that. Does that make sense? But now the Bible says that God blesses the spouse of the saved individual. So that means that even if that is you, if that describes you, God can still move in the midst of your marriage, and God can radically change the life of your spouse. Just keep praying for them. Don't be critical. Don't be cynical. Don't bow, breed them. Don't nag them. Just love them. And God can begin to do the work. Can somebody say amen? Amen. All right. So there might be some lingering challenges. But thank God somebody found Jesus. Now, let me just take that a step further. It's also interesting within the church. Now, again, I've been in ministry for probably 30 years now. Oftentimes, what you see is that it is the women that begin to have a heart that starts to turn towards God. I think it's just within the nature of a mom, the nurturing nature. I want to have my kids in church. And so the, the, the wife starts to turn and starts to go to church, gives her life to Christ, is taking the kids to church. And then it seems like all hell breaks loose. And you might wonder why. Here's the reason why. If the man were to be the one, to come to Christ first, typically, the whole household will align itself. Why? Because God ordained man to be the leader in the marriage. God ordained woman to come under the leadership of a man. I don't mean to be subservient. I'm just saying the design and the makeup of a woman is to come up and undergird her husband. So when a man finds Jesus and begins to lead, naturally the whole household comes up under and begins to follow. So that's why all of hell breaks loose when you ladies start to serve Jesus because hell is trying to discourage the man of your household to serve Jesus. Every temptation, every obstacle, every emotion, everything that can be a distraction comes because the moment that the man takes the lead and begins to follow Jesus, so does the wife, so do the children. Now there are exceptions. Don't misunderstand me, but just by default. Why? The Bible says this. The Bible says that the wife is to be a helpmate, or is a helpmate. So in other words, she helps come up alongside of the husband. Now, I don't know why this is. Again, this is just taking us a little bit further here. I don't know why this is. But it seems as though us men always need the affirmation of our wives. Once again, I think that's the way God. That, well, I don't think I know that's the way that God made us. She is the helpmate. So as we lead as men, we are always looking to the affirmation to affirm our leadership. There is a partnership there. Now let me give you a scripture here in Joshua chapter twenty-four, verse fifteen. You doing okay? In verse fifteen, it says. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you'll serve, whether the gods of your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Did you notice some things here? The Bible says if it seems evil, so in other words, there is some choices or some some options here to ponder or to think about and he says now he says you have some culture from your fathers or your family that you were raised in you are now dwelling in a land or there is an influence of your culture and your surroundings about you are you seeing that in your own life Your family has has had an impact in your life as to the boundaries that you have within your life as to how you will walk and serve Jesus. Your culture all around you has influences that are trying to pull you away from walking with God. But then he goes on to say, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So he's saying there is no option. I don't care how I was raised, I'm going to serve the Lord. I don't care what the culture looks around me. I don't care if the government tells me don't go to church. I don't, tell me that, I don't care if they tell me that I can't be a Christian. As for me and my house, don't care about you, don't know about you. But as for me, my wife, my children, we will serve the Lord. There was a choice, there was a boundary, there was a conscious decision to make a choice as to serving God. And once again, God has called the woman to come up alongside of a man to help lead in this capacity. When a man is in a good position with God, he will lead well. Now, if a man is slipping in his walk with God, there will be some things that you can tell. So, men, pay attention. Wives, pay attention. When a man is slipping in his walk with God, and his boundaries begin to become compromised, what he will do is he will begin to defer to his wife to become the moral compass of his decisions. What do I mean by that? When he was walking with God... There was no question as to where we're going, how we're living our lives, what are the boundaries of our lives we do and we don't do this or that. But when I start to compromise in my boundaries, when I start to get laxed in my relationship with God, what do I do? Because there's a pull on my flesh and there's desires of my flesh, when my emotions are starting to get ramped up, what I end up doing is I defer to my wife to become the moral compass. Babe, what do you think? You know, we got invited to go to this place. You know, there's, there's going to be people there and this is kind of going to be the environment. You know, well, what do you think, babe? You think we should go or do you think we should stay home? Well, why are you deferring to the wife? rather than just making the decision. You've already established that there's a particular kind of culture or an atmosphere that's there. And rather than just making the decision to say, you know what, I don't want to have my, my family around that environment. I don't want my kids to see that. I don't want my kids to hear that kind of conversation. Now, I, we're just not going to go. But what we end up doing is we say, well, babe, what do you think? You understand what I'm saying? So you can start to see when we start to lose grip... Of our relationship or our walk with God. Because our boundaries start to slip. Are you doing okay? Let me give you an example from scripture. You remember the Bible talks about David. The Bible talks about David and he would say, hey, You know, hey guys, I'm going to go up on the roof. just get some sun. Just kind of stretch, stretch out, get some fresh air. And every time he went up there, there was this pretty young lady over on the other roof. She was bathing. You know, Bathsheba. Says she was good looking. It was kind of convenient that, you know, King David just went up on the roof at the right time, you know. Let's go get some fresh air, guys. You know, I'll be back in a little while. All the while, what he was doing was allowing his eyes to see the wrong thing. Another man's wife bathing. And it got to the point where he crossed the boundary, not only with his eyes, but he let it get into his thought life. And the Bible says that he called for her. He ended up laying with her and she got pregnant. So not only was one boundary crossed, he allowed another boundary to be crossed. And not only that, now we've got a pregnant wife. We've been having a relationship. And the husband just is going to be finding out sooner or later that that's not his kid. So what's David do? He sends him off into battle knowing that the husband is going to get killed. So one boundary was crossed that took him to the next boundary, that took him to the next boundary, and if you don't get it in check, it will take you further than you ever intended on going. You you tracking with me? And that's why it's got to be arrested immediately. Not just saying, husband, it's your responsibility, but it is your responsibility. At the same time, wives, it's not, for your, it's not for you to keep them in check, but it is your responsibility to come up alongside to be the helpmate and say, baby, we're in this together. Right? Now let me give you another example. Because this just hits, hits us where the rubber meets the road. And, and hear this Right? And I know everybody's at different places, and so you might hear this differently and take it differently. But once again, you realize in the comfort of our, of our own home, we have the opportunity to let things go because nobody's watching, right? And it can be just in the midst of the kind of movies that you watch in your house. You might be saying, oh, you're going to talk about this? Hey, yeah, let's talk about it. Because you realize as a husband and a wife, you can sit there and entertain yourself with certain kind of movies. And I'm not talking about pornography. I'm just talking about regular movies. You know, Dave Smith, uh, back when they used to, we could go to the theaters. Can we go to the theaters anymore yet? Is it open yet? But he and I, he would call me up. Hey, he said, man, there's this good action flick. You want to go watch it? You know, I would just kind of sample it out. And so if it was one that I thought would be okay, we'd go watch it. And I can't remember. There was one that we went to see, and it was—I don't know if it's a Bruce Willis movie or something—but I was nervous because it's like you know I don't want to sit here in the movie theater and kind of get in that kind of compromising position. And we had this conversation beforehand. You know, I just don't want to—I don't want to be sitting there with church person, you know, and then there's this stuff on the screen. You hearing what I'm saying? But yet in the comforts of our own home, we'll sit there with our husbands or our wives and allow ourselves to be entertained by smut on the, on the screen. And we, we say, well, what's the big deal? No, listen, you are allowing your guard to come down. You're allowing yourselves to cross a boundary. Right? Well, it's just a movie. Yeah, it's just a movie. The only eyes that I should have eyes for in the context of a naked woman should be my wife. Right? And I'm a guy. I've said this before and I said it wrong and everybody's like, that was weird you said it. As a guy, a heterosexual man, we like naked women. Right? But the only eyes that I should allow my eyes to be seeing or to be enticed by, is my wife. So why am I going to submit or cause her to be uh, obligated to sit in our living room while we're watching naked people on the screen and just be okay with that? Now you might say, oh, you're getting just a little bit too ridiculous now. No, think about it. But we have allowed these boundaries to be brought down and we wonder why our marriages and our families are going to hell in a handbasket. No, we've got to raise the standard. Stop compromising our lives and just saying, that's okay. Well, it's not too bad. Well, it was just this or it was just that. It's not a whole big thing. You know, the other day, uh, uh, we got the Disney uh, uh, Plus thingy. And I saw on there, there was this... uh, program, or a TV show called Big. You remember Big? With Tom Hanks when he... he and I remember that as a kid. I'm thinking, oh man! I, I love that when I was a kid. I want my kids to see that. And so my kids are watching it. And I'm thinking, it's a PG movie, I think. They're watching it. And, and if you recall, there's one scene where the, the one coworker comes to his house... And I remember the one scene where like, they're jumping on the bed or something. But I thought, oh, yeah, they don't ever do anything, so it's not a big deal. But then there's the one scene where, I don't know if her shirt was open or something. And so he's like this grown man, but he's like this you know, 10-year-old in the grown man's body. And so he's looking at this woman with her shirt open. I think she had a brazier on. But he's looking at her. And I come in the room, and that's on the screen. And my daughter's like. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh! we turned it off. And I'm just thinking it's an innocent movie. But are you getting my point? I don't want her to see that stuff. She'll come into her own when it's the right time. Do you remember when you were a kid watching the soap operas? Man, I grew up on soap operas. Right? And for whatever reason, you didn't think anything of it. Now that I'm a dad, I'm like, dear God, I'm so glad that the soap operas aren't on TV no more. Does that make sense? Setting boundaries within our marriages that will create health. And you have to be the one that will establish those boundaries. Concern, you know, I I love action flicks. You know, the shoot them up, beat them up kind of thing. My wife's like, I mean, do we got to watch this? Beating them up, blood and guts. You know, Well, you know, I just, that's just kind of my nature as a guy. But one of the things that I won't do in fact, I just turned, uh, there was one uh, comedy the other day. I saw, I thought, oh, this is new, new on Prime TV or whatever. I thought, oh, this looks like good. You know, the, you look at the actors. Five minutes into the, into the, I mean, it's this perverse, vulgar conversation. I'm like, yeah, that's enough of that one. Why? Because I'm not going to entertain my ears or feed myself on smut and junk. And it's just establishing a boundary. Nor am I going to let that filter in through my house. Nor am I going to let my kids hear some of the junk just by osmosis. It's just, we've got to establish a boundary. So here's what I want to leave you with. God will help you establish boundaries in your marriage to take you further in your relationship with God. This is not about being a prude. It's simply being a man and woman of God. God of character, integrity, and being a leader. So in this next week with your spouse, take just a moment to sit down and establish some boundaries. Talk it through. What do you want in your marriage? Establish some boundaries. What do you want your Christian walk to be? This life of faith. Have you ever had those conversations when it comes to your recreation? When it comes to the environments that you allow yourself to be in? Have you ever had those conversations of what you will and won't do? Because I guarantee you there's a scratch going on on the inside when you step beyond the boundary whether you acknowledge it or not. When it comes to your money and your finances, have you actually had a conversation? or boundaries. All of it matters. And you're passing on to the next generation either success or failure. Or to whatever degree of success that they'll experience. Let's lead well. Let's establish some boundaries. And let's just go to some new places in God this year. Amen? Let's stand With every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm just going to say a general prayer as we dismiss. But let me just encourage you. Take the time to have the conversation. And set some boundaries. And take the time to talk it through. To express the why behind the what. So that you're not just setting a mere abstract boundary but you're solidifying it in the hearts of both you the husband and you the wife or even your children this is the why behind the what and hopefully you'll find that the why is that we want to please God and that we want to walk closer with him in our marriage and our family Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person that's here under the sound of my voice. Those that are watching online. Father, I thank you that this is a season that we're drawing closer to you. God, I thank you that this is an hour where, God, we're not being distracted. That we're not being overcome or overwhelmed. But, God, we're hunkering down and drawing close. God, this year will be the best year of our marriage. Lord, we're growing in our love walk. We're growing in our faith walk. God, our children are stepping up and coming into a greater knowing and a greater relationship personally for themselves. And we thank you, Father, that this is a year to remember. In Jesus' name.
0: Well, that's it. Do you feel the glory? Do you feel the filling? I know you do. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and come back next week for God to move on your behalf again. Want to know more? Check us out online and our social media, all from our website, gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.